Hey, try this on for size for a recruiting pitch. Come to North Carolina where you can play in front of more eyeballs than being in the NBA Finals. Sound far-fetched? It's not. I'm going to explain why on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there! It is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts. So please go ahead and subscribe right now and smash that like button while you're at it for those of you who are watching. Well, friends, on Tuesday of this week, a guy named Danny Neckel, uh, at dneckel, N-E-C-K-E-L 19 on Twitter, he posted this list. And it is the list of the nine most viewed basketball games of the year so far. So for 2022 up through June 7th would have been Tuesday. These are the nine most viewed basketball games, college pro, whatever, anything else, any semi-pro, anything there may be. And, and what those top nine games are so far. Um, by that point, uh, NBA Finals Game 3 hadn't been played yet, as it was last night with the Celtics pulling out a victory at home. And so we don't know where that game will fall on this list. But let me, let me give it this list to you, and you'll see it pop up there on your screen as well for those of you who are watching. I'm going to go in reverse order here. So this is the ninth most viewed basketball game of 2022 will go all the way up to number one. All of these have over 10 million views. Number nine, Purdue versus St. Peter's. That was in the Sweet 16, the NCAA tournament, 10.1 million views. Number eight, Duke versus Arkansas in the Elite Eight, 10.3 million views. Number seven, Villanova versus Kansas in the final four, 11.2 million. Number six, Duke versus Michigan State, second round of the NCAA tournament, 11.2 million. Hey, here we go, an NBA game, what do you know? Number five, NBA Finals game one, 11.4 million. Number four on this list, NBA Finals game two, 11.9 million. So we're jumping up a little bit here. Then we come to the top three. Number three, UNC versus St. Peter's Elite Eight of the 2022 NCAA Tournament, 13.6 million viewers. Number two on the list, UNC versus Duke, Final Four National Semifinal, 16.2 million viewers. And then number one at this list, the National Championship Game, North Carolina versus Kansas, 17 million viewers. And so, that, again, that was a list of the nine most viewed on TV basketball games of 2022, regardless of what level it is. So, in this first segment, I want to I look at, on a general level, what do you see or what do you hear when you see um, this, this list of nine games is named off? Well, there are two NBA games 
the the finals game one and finals game two and then seven college games and so here is my first big point my first big takeaway of today friends college basketball is alive and well simple as that for the nba just two games on this list and notice they were only the finals Keep in mind, this this is all of 2022. So everything from January 1st up through June 7th, that would have been uh, when this was tweeted on Tuesday. And so that could include conference championships, se- uh, conference semifinals, any of that from the NBA. Nope, none of it is on the list. You got the two NBA finals games that had been played so far and seven games from the NCAA tournament. But it's it's not just like the final four. Notice it was seven games, and they were all from several rounds. Of, of those seven games, we had one second round game, the round of 32, one Sweet 16 game, Elite Eight games, final four matchups, and the national championship. And so people are tuning in all throughout the NCAA tournament to see all this, and it is... All of those are scoring bigger numbers than any of the rounds of the of excuse me of the NBA playoffs before uh, the the finals series. So yeah, college basketball is alive and well. I'm just gonna keep hammering that home. I I believe the win or go home nature of the NCAA tournament has something to do with this right with with the nba playoffs or nba regular season games uh there's there's not the same level of like anything can happen in a one game playoff format and so my my speculation is if we get to game seven of the nba finals for example let's just say the celtics and warriors back and forth uh this whole series and we get to game seven that's going to put up a big fat huge number. However, I do want to point out at the same time, between the four conference semifinals matchups in the NBA playoffs this year and the two conference finals series, so that's six total, right? Four four conference semifinals, two conference finals. Of those six series, half of them, three of them went to a game seven. That would be Dallas over Phoenix, Boston over Milwaukee, and then Boston over Miami. None of those Game 7s made it onto this list. So yeah, that that Game 7, one-game format might be intriguing, but it's still not doing college basketball numbers. Why is this? Well, I'm going to put my cards on the table and say definitively the college basketball game is more compelling than the NBA game. And I know there's people listening out there that wholeheartedly disagree with me, and that's fine. But I'm saying that, and I believe it, and I back it up. Sure, the NBA is infinitely more talented, right? Like, I am not refuting that by any stretch of the imagination. Literally, any given year, the worst NBA team would demolish, wipe the floor with the best team in college basketball. Like, unequivocally, that's a thing. But college basketball is just more interesting. The the stories of these college basketball players, of these teams, of these coaches overcoming things, 
it just draws eyes and ears in, in a way that the NBA often doesn't. The, the team camaraderie, the way teams rally together, the way a team you've literally never heard of till Selection Sunday, if you're just Johnny Q basketball fan, can come out of nowhere and turn into this crazy entity that, that makes a run. The way players come out of obscurity, whether it's a player you've never heard of or um, a, a sub off of one of the better teams comes in and has the game of his life or her life to turn something around. It's these stories like, oh, I don't know, this little team from Chapel Hill, North Carolina that was an eight seed in this past year's tournament and then all of a sudden goes on this epic run. The NCAA tournament, friends, is just simply more entertaining and compelling than the NBA could ever be. Now, I, I also recognize there's probably some of you out there saying, uh, that's just, it's a small sample size from, from this year with getting back to normal basketball and the NCAA tournament was normal this year. Remember 2021, the NCAA tournament was in a bubble in Indianapolis. It, it was not normal. And so... Great. You want a bigger sample size? Let's include every college bas or excuse me, not college basketball, every basketball game regardless of level from 2021 and 2022. You want the top 5 list from that? Great. I'll give it to you. Number um, 1 on that list. UNC versus Kansas, the national championship game this year. Number 2, most viewed basketball games any level 2021 or 2022. Baylor versus Gonzaga, the 2021 National Championship. Number three, UNC versus Duke, this year's Final Four. Number four, UCLA versus Gonzaga, that crazy Final Four game in 2021 uh, with the half-court buzzer beater as the buzzer sounded. Wow, wow. That's number four on the list. And then number five on the list, the, the fifth most viewed basketball game of the past Two years, 2021-2022, UNC versus St. Peter's, this year's Elite Eight. It's the fifth most watched basketball game in the past two years. So I don't care what kind of sample size you're looking at. College basketball, and specifically the NCAA tournament, is more viewed than any NBA game. Now, you might think, whoa, we got, we got all these national brands, Kentucky, and Duke, and, and they get all the love as the media darlings, the biggest brands, the biggest brand names in the sport. But neither of those teams, neither of those schools, neither of those programs were part of any of the top three most viewed basketball games in 2022. Well, I should say Duke was part of one of them, <laughs> but only because... There was one school that was part of all three of the top most viewed basketball games of this year. Who was it? Well, I'll give you one guess. If you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you know exactly who it is. We're going to tell you who that is in just a minute, but let me tell you a little bit about BetOnline first. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including... The NBA Finals going on, NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course all the latest fighting news from MFA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. 
So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we just talked about how college basketball is alive and well. And I want to look back at this list some more. Specifically at the top three games on the list. Number three, North Carolina versus St. Peter's Elite Eight this year. Number two, North Carolina versus Duke Final Four this year. Number one, North Carolina versus Kansas. Number one in most viewed basketball game this year. The top three games on this list of the most viewed basketball games at any level of 2022 all involve North Carolina. Spread it out to that, that other list we just looked at. All of 2021 and 22, North Carolina's in three of those top five games most viewed in that span. And also I want to point out, not only are they at the top of the list, but there's a big separation. There's this demarcation line between that third most viewed game, North Carolina versus St. Peter's, and four through nine on this list. Nine, uh, four through nine range all in the 10 to 11 million viewed range. But then you jump to UNC St. Peter's, 13.6 million views. That's almost two more million views than was the spot right behind it. And then we jump from UNC versus St. Peter's to UNC versus Duke, number two on the list, 16.2. That's just shy of a three million viewer jump. And then finally, the UNC versus Kansas National Championship at 17 million. And so there is a big, like, it's like if we were tiering these top nine out, it would be these top three and then everything else. And sure, I, I know there's the argument for, well, yeah, of course that happens because it's the final four in the national championship. Yeah, but one of these three games is North Carolina versus St. Peter's. Raise your hand if you heard of them ever before this year's NCAA tournament. No, no, no. So here's what all of this tells me. If the first point I wanted to make today is that college basketball is alive and well, this is the biggest one and the one and the reason you came here for this podcast. North Carolina is alive and well. The Tar Heels are alive and well. The University of North Carolina is alive and they are kicking and Hubert Davis has things rolling. You telling me that North Carolina doesn't move the needle? UNC absolutely freaking moves the needle and everyone wants to come and watch them. Also keep in mind, even though these uh, Final Four games are inflated, um, it it's not just because it's Final Four. Like, Kansas and Villanova was on this list, but it was seventh on the list. It wasn't top three or even top four or five. And here's what else is crazy, too. This year's Final Four, both Final Four games and the National Championship were all on cable, either T TNT or TBS. If it had been a year where the games were on CBS, uh, a national network, a national broadcasting company that anyone can tune into versus having to have cable. Can you imagine what these numbers would have been? So just keep that in mind. Take, take where they actually fell and enlarge those numbers. So uh, the big question then becomes, why on earth did this happen? Why is there such a separation between these three games involving North Carolina and the rest of the pack, and then everything else beyond that. 
all the rest of the NBA games, all the rest of the NBA regular season and playoffs, the rest of the college basketball season, the NCAA tournament, all of that. Why, why did this happen? Well, I think precisely these three games, keep in mind, Carolina played six NCAA tournament games, and the first three aren't on the list. Um, and there are, there are two games that uh, are on this list of top nine from before the uh, Elite Eight. And so there was one um, round of 32 game and one Sweet 16 game. So why did this happen? Why are these three games uh, so watched, so viewed? I think part of it is storyline. When we look at the Elite Eight game, North Carolina versus St. Peter's. Wow, 15 seed in the, in the Elite Eight with a chance to go to the Final Four. Like, this has literally historically never been done. This is unprecedented. And people want to tune in to see if, if Cinderella can keep on wearing the glass slipper a little bit longer. <laughs> they didn't, and Carolina waxed them. But I, I think that is part of why this game got such a big number. What about UNC Duke? Why why did that game get such a big number? Well, of course, everyone's tuning in for the first ever matchup of North Carolina Duke, Coach K's potential last game, and yes, hashtag we did ruin that retirement party. So th there's a big draw there. And then also UNC versus Kansas in the national championship, two blue blood programs who have shared one of the best coaches in college basketball history, and it's the national championship game. So like there are some storylines that make these three games stand apart. Some some of why these games did such a big number is Carolina. Remember, they were an eight seed. And so the fact that they are doing what they're doing as an eight has not happened very often itself in NCAA tournament history. So that's part of it. But another part of what's going on here, I, I would equate it to Let's say there's a game where there's a team that usually shoots three-pointers really well, and they don't shoot it really well on one given night. They just don't shoot what they usually do. Well, a lot of times uh, a broadcaster or, or somebody will say, oh, they're just missing their shots tonight, and we'll chalk it all up to that team missing it, missing their shots. Wow. At the same time, we have to stop and credit the other team's defense, right? Because certainly that had something to do with it. Translation, people want to watch North Carolina in a big way. It's not just the storyline of these other teams that they're playing or the scenario. There's a horde of people out there tuning in to watch North Carolina. And maybe, just maybe, if you'll bear with me, Hubert Davis is putting out a super fun team on the court with a super fun system that makes the nation want to tune in and see. Yeah, it's a lot of NBA concepts at the college level, but it's fun and these Tar Heels are doing a lot of neat stuff and they're engaging and dynamic and the, the Brady Manic of it all, the Armando Baycott of it all. Maybe people just really like the Tar Heels. Yeah, I can get behind that. Now, here's something else interesting to me about this list. I'm I'm surprised the first North, not the first North Carolina Duke game of the season. Um, I should say the one that was at Carmichael, the the last regular season game of Coach K's career when North Carolina went in to Cameron and beat that. I'm surprised that one didn't do a number big enough to make this list. And I know it was on cable as well, on ESPN. But as much as ESPN 
hyped up this game as much as everyone else made it a thing. I'm just surprised that, that it wasn't on the list as well, but it wasn't. But here's the probably biggest story to me of what this means long-term for North Carolina, all this viewership. Hey, recruits, you paying attention? You listening? You watching? You tuning into what's happening? You want to be seen by the most eyeballs on the biggest stages? Come to Carolina. Do you want to be seen by playing on a team that scored bigger numbers three times in the NCAA tournament than any NBA game this entire season, finals or anything else? Come to North Carolina. So here's the pitch for you. I'll say it again. I said it in the cold open. Hey, why don't you come play at a place where you can be seen by more eyeballs than even playing in the NBA Finals? That's North Carolina. I mean, that sells for these guys that their ultimate goal is to make the NBA. You want to be seen by as many people now as you can be one, two, three, four, five years from now? Come to Chapel Hill. I don't know about you, but that combined with what NIL can get me in college... I'm strongly considering that, even if I'm a one-and-done type talent. And what's awesome about that, and you've heard Hubert Davis say this this summer, there's a lot of people that want to come to Chapel Hill. And so Coach Davis is going to have his pick of the litter. He's going to get the guys that he wants. Sure, there's going to be competitions. There's going to be recruiting battles, and he's going to lose some of them, undeniably so. But he's going to get a bunch of others as well. So college basketball is alive and well. North Carolina is alive and well. But those aren't the only two entities that are alive and well. There's another one, a marginalized group that's doing just fine, thank you very much. Who is that? I'm going to tell you about that group in just a second. One more group that is alive and well. But first, I want to tell you about the ultimate NBA mock draft that starts on June 16th, coming up. Uh, next week, um, man, that's going to be awesome. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Boards draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders coming together and they're going to do this um, big NBA mock draft leading up to the, the NBA draft. So the first pick for this is June 16th. You can search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so that you don't miss a single pick. College basketball is alive and well. The North Carolina Tar Heels are alive and well. And Cinderella is alive and well as well. A big part of the intrigue of the NCAA tournament every single year is Cinderella. Particularly the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. You know, we've got first round all happening on Thursday and Friday, second round all happening on Saturday and Sunday, and that pairs it down to the Sweet 16. And so people go in and pick all sorts of fun upsets that happen, but usually we pick those for the first and second rounds, and then they fizzle out in favor of, of the biggest names, the biggest brands in the sport, the, the major conference teams that are going to win out over over the, the Cinderella darlings that have been part of the first weekend. People love to tune into that first weekend to see that upset pick, right? We kind of live and die with it, even if we got nothing on it other than we just wrote their name on a bracket somewhere. But we just want to see these upsets. It's so fun, unless it's our team, of course. 
But then by the second weekend and the final four weekend, we want to see this better this better high-level brand of basketball. That's that's what the, the media markets want. That's what TV execs want, is to have the biggest names and the biggest brands playing in the biggest games. We, we want that so we can get the best basketball, so we can get the most eyes in front of it. Because a lot of times Cinderella makes it to the second weekend or on rare occasion the final four, and they just get trounced or walloped kind of like North Carolina did to St. Peter's this year but that it it doesn't always happen and and here's the misconception is that when Cinderella makes it further and deeper into the tournament we start to not get as many eyeballs on the TV but what what these numbers prove out on this list that we have the fact that North Carolina versus St. Peter's is the third most watched basketball game of 2022, regardless of level. Like, are, are you comprehending that with me? That same game is the fifth most watched game over the last two years. North Carolina versus St. Peter's. Many times Cinderella is going to come in covered. But there's people tuning in because it is intriguing and interesting. And Johnny Q basketball fan wants to see who is this team I've never heard of? Who's this crazy dude with the mustache? Not Drew Timmy. I'm talking about Dougie Eddard jumping up on tables as a as a substitute in a game. It, it's so much fun to see this happening. And so here's why I want to bring this up because there are some circles lobbying for D1 in basketball to be cut down. There are 350-some teams in D1 basketball. And while the the mantra that we trot out often is to say, hey, everyone's got a shot at a basketball national championship because all you got to do is win your conference tournament and then you make the NCAA tournament and then you just win six games and, and you have a shot at it. But let's be realistic. Not everyone has a shot ever at a national championship. In college basketball it's just not it's not a thing it's not gonna happen even though there is more parity the talent pool is still too many of the most talented guys still going to the biggest brands and so a lot of people though are advocating for this split similar to how we have FBS and FCS in football yeah it's all D1 but it's split in half into the halves and not the have-nots, but the have-not-quite-as-much-as-is, <laughs> as, as the haves. And, and i got to be honest, I myself have thought and suggested this, that, hey, maybe it's time for us to split D1 in basketball into two, maybe even three divisions, you know, a hundred or so teams each with, that way you just have better opportunities for the little guys. Maybe even have a relegation plan where teams could move up and down, that'd be a lot of fun. But if we were to do that, at what cost would it come? We wouldn't have our St. Peter's's or our Oral Roberts's, our Florida Gulf Coasts, any of these types of schools. We would not have that intrigue that comes along with our 68, I wish it was 64, whatever, our 68 team bracket with teams from all over the country where you've got St. Peter's knocking off Kentucky. I mean, come on. 
if we if we cut this thing in half and we don't let St. Peter's have a seat at the table, we miss out on some of the greatest storylines that college basketball has ever had to offer. And so I think St. Peter's getting in and doing what they did this year helps remind people of how, how great this is when it can happen. And the fact that this game with North Carolina is showing up near the top of this list hopefully is, is a helpful reminder that people still tune in tune in even when it isn't the highest or biggest or best brands nationally. And so hopefully, I, I think we should keep it, man. Like, just keep it going because if we cut it down, these great stories go by the wayside. And keep in mind, some of these guys that, that are the best players at these smaller schools that pop up out of nowhere are now the guys that you cheer for in the NBA. We're watching Steph Curry right now in the NBA Finals. Has become the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. But if Davidson hadn't been in the 2008 tournament, how different would that trajectory have been? How different would Steph Curry's life have been if they hadn't almost made the Final Four as Davidson and Bob McKillop? So you know what, friends? College basketball, it's alive and well. The North Carolina Tar Heels are alive and well. And Cinderella, she's alive and well, and we got to keep her going. we got to fight for that. College basketball, and specifically the NCAA tournament, is the best sporting event we've got going in this country. And I'm glad that these viewing numbers we looked at today help prove just that very truth. Boy, uh, what a fun thing to get to talk about, to look at these numbers. I, I just think stuff like this is so interesting. And I love the stories that these numbers can tell us about college basketball, about the Tar Heels, and about Cinderella. Now, coming up on tomorrow's show, tomorrow, Friday, we're about getting ready for the Tar Heels, Diamond Heels, to be in the Super Regionals, at home, in the Bosch, taking on... Arkansas, the Razorbacks. We're going to hear a lot of woo pig suey, so I'm going to have to get you ready for that. We're going to look back at the regional round last weekend. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch today and every day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts. So you can go subscribe right now wherever you listen to those. If you're watching, hit the subscribe button, smash the like button, leave a great comment uh, what you think about today's episode anything about the these college basketball numbers and uh, why you love college basketball, or maybe you like the NBA better. I'd love to hear that as well. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHeels. You can follow me on Twitter at IsaacShade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Now that you've made this your first listen, let me encourage you to make Locked On NBA Big Boards your second listen of the day. Rafael Barlow and all the guys bring you a look, an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, mock drafts, and of course, big boards. So follow the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever it is. Hey, thanks so much for spending part of your Thursday hanging out with me, talking about why the Tar Heels are at the top of the heap in college basketball. You know it, because it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.